Are you in this for the long haul? In this installment of The Grind to Find, I'll discuss how Yah uses the mundane and monotonous to elevate us, how to tap into an energy source that never stops giving, and much more right now. Happy Friday, family. Happy Friday, and welcome to The Grind to Find. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. You know, you guys, I have to thank you. Y'all show up and show out. That's just what you do, and that's how you do it, and that's okay. Showing up and showing out, sometimes you just have to do that. What am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Terrell and Michelle and Billy Rowe Live that has been airing every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it streams live on the Grind to Find YouTube and uh, Facebook pages and YouTube channel and Facebook page. And I really appreciate you guys showing up and showing love. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Terrell and Michelle and Billy Rowe Live. Billy Rowe is um, my business partner, good friend over a decade. And uh, we decided some of the conversations that we have to take those things live. I mean, we have some really crazy, deep, cool, funny, spiritual, you name it. Relationship, it runs the gamut. But we decided to take this show and make it live. And this is uh, the first season that we're doing. It was kind of just like a pilot to see how things would go. And what I love about our show that's different from everyone else's is when you tune in, you're not just a viewer. You get the opportunity every show to join us live on the virtual stage and have your say. And so uh, it's extremely interactive. It's all about taking substantial conversations uh, that matter and making it about the community. You know, there's lots of things that you can tune in and watch these days and you can watch a panel of people. You can listen to a stage of people, uh, Clubhouse, um, Wisdom, different things like that. But we wanted this to be something where you're not just sitting watching us and people that we may have on a panel, but you can actually get involved real time yourself. Or I mean, you can keep it in the chat, wherever your comfort zone is, but you guys have shown up and really supported it. And I completely and totally appreciate it because I love different perspectives perspectives from different people and Billy does too and so um it's been so much fun to do so much so that we're going to continue on uh, there will be a season two for those of you who tune in to the show know that the end of season one of Tara Michelle and Billy Rowe live is going to be on the let me see I have to check my calendar y'all it's going to be on the 26th of this month see it took me a minute brain fart but that's okay I'm back <laughs> so we'll be wrapping up the show for the end uh, of this month we'll actually wrap up the show but then it will be back season two will be back with a bang we're going to be talking uh relationships and we're going to be talking from the perspective of we're asking about men 
but <laughs> sexual intimacy with men and that's all i'm going to reveal for now if you want to stay in the know with that go to thegrinddefined.com and click on join the list because i will update about Terrell and michelle and billy roll live via the grind defined you'll be able to find out what's going on there and also too if you want to apply to be on the panel connect at thegrinddefined.com is the way that you can do that shoot me an email and uh what we'll do is we'll connect with you see if you're a good fit and uh go from there but hey i had to start the show thanking you guys for that so enough of that let's go ahead and glide right into today because you know you caught that intro so you know that this episode is really about putting into perspective how what we see as monotonous and mundane with every day just the everyday thing that things that we do some of which are annoying some of which you just can do in your sleep some of which we feel as though have no meaning it's actually like some of the fillers that are a part of life. You know, we have the, the the meat and potatoes, which is what we all want. Not liking the meat and potatoes to a lot of the big picture that we have going on, that we want with our life. Uh, your overall goals, specific things that are highlights for you. Where you're like, yeah, I can't wait to get to that point. If you're a person who still does a vision board or if you um, manifest, whatever your thing is, the meat and potatoes are those key points that you have highlighted for your life and everything else is just kind of like the broth. It's like the gravy. It's like a bunch of filler stuff. But I want to talk today about how you should not disregard the gravy. Oh yeah, because if the meat and potatoes and all that stuff doesn't have any tasty lubrication, then what do you really have? (laughs) And the gravy can become that mundane, that monotonous, that "Eh, I'm just doing this and for what? I propose that there's so much more to that than what you think. Also, I'm going to touch on the energy source that I mentioned at the top of the show. Now, this part right here isn't going to be what you think, but yeah, I'm going to get into it. And the reason being is because this conversation, I think, is one that uh, we have in many different ways. And... I think that in a lot of ways, this conversation that I'm going to talk about around energy, in many different ways when we have this conversation, in the perspective that I'm going to put it in, there are so many people I feel that are still blocked from it because they don't get how this untapped space of energy is the ultimate freedom, the ultimate wisdom, and the ultimate calm in the middle of any storm. Yeah, I said that like that on purpose. I know how y'all into the voice and all of that. You know, I thank God. I promise you, there's nothing special that I do in the studio other than just talk. This is just like legit how I talk. But anyway, <laughs> to give you a little bit of, I'm not going to go all everywhere today. But anyway, I'm going to get into that too. So let me back up just a bit. I want to preface this conversation with a quote that I want to share with you. All right, so... Check this out. God will not be used. His mercy and grace are infinite and his patient understanding is beyond measure. But he will not aid men in their selfish striving after personal gain. He will not help men attain ends which, when attained, usurp the place he, by every right, should hold in their interest and affection. That quote is by A.W. Tozer. Now, I think that that's huge is so incredibly huge because at the end of the day, we all have what 
we desire in our minds for our lives for whatever the reasons may be. And hey, we have good reasons. Uh, family, our children, legacy. It could be uh, to help different people in the world, no matter what your cause may be. If it's children, if it's black lives, if it's whatever, feeding the hungry, the homeless, we all have different things that matter to us. But at the end of the day, I think that one of the things that's hardest for us to be able to digest as human beings is that the majority of what matters to us means absolutely nothing to God. If he's not priority and takes top spot, first place in our life. And I know that that's something um, that for me has been a challenge. I actually did a show in the first season entitled 8020, and I talked about the importance that, uh, or it became to be important to me, to be able to flip God's position in my life from 20% being an afterthought to 80%. Because um, at one point, the 80% in my life was me leading in flesh with most all of my thinking, uh, most all of my reasoning, all of my decision making. And so uh, if you want to check out what I had to say about that, just go to season one. I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but it's entitled 8020. But anyway, uh, back to what I was talking about. This is where the idea of us really becoming connected to the importance of what we think is nothing. It's just the sauce in life. That that actually being something that's much more substantial than what we think. And throughout the Bible, there are many examples of folks just going about their everyday and thinking that there was nothing to the things that they were doing throughout the course of that day, only to find out that something that was everyday monotonous and probably a bit annoying was something that God was using to position us to be connected with someone else or position them to be connected with someone else to achieve something extraordinary within their lives. They never saw it coming because their life, what they thought, what they were living for, how they were moving, their movements, mindset, and way of being was tied to something completely and totally different. But the magnificence of Yah is that he can take something that we see as meaning nothing and it has tons of meaning for him. It's actually a part of a grander plan in our lives that we're not yet aware of. A great example of this would be uh, the story of Saul, which is in uh, 1 Samuel 9, chapters 1 through 17. Um, Saul, who ended up being King Solomon, his father, Kish, sent him and some servants out because some of the donkeys had gotten lost. And he wanted his son to go about finding these donkeys. And so he sent Saul and the servant out to go and find these donkeys. And I imagine in Saul's mind, he's thinking, all right, we're going to go do this and probably get back in time uh, to chill out. <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. What happened was something that was probably quite annoying. I'm going about my day and night. You got me going to find asses. Something that... <laughs> Something that probably was a bit of an inconvenience ended up being quite the escapade because Saul and his servant ended up going through several different towns. They went through Ephraim, they went through Shalisha, they went through Shalim, they went through the land of the Benjamites before they settled in Zerp. And by then, 
Saul is like, he's saying to his servant, well, maybe we should turn around and go back because surely my father would find more value in getting us back than these donkeys. I'm just paraphrasing that part. That, that part. But um, the servant said, oh, well, no. He knew of a prophet that was a little bit further and that maybe they should go on and ask that prophet what he thought, what they should do from there. Meanwhile, Yahweh had this to say to Samuel, who was the prophet, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 16, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people in Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, Yah said unto him, Behold the man whom I spoke of. This is the man that shall reign over my people. So what seemed to be something that was annoying, monotonous, I'm pretty sure mundane to have to go after what one of your parents tell you. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> you know, my mother, bless my mother's soul. I, you know, I think, I don't know. I'm going to see if I can share this story with y'all. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But it, it just puts into context how sometimes parents, especially when they're of age, can be extra. But I'm not going to rabbit hole go all over there. But this story just goes to show how something that means absolutely nothing to us can be just the thing that God is using to answer a prayer that maybe we've sent up to him to take and change the course of our life forever. And the moral of this story for me is to no matter what, at the end of the day, understand that there is nothing that's going on in our life, nothing that we're doing that does not have meaning at least not on a spiritual level. It may not have meaning for us because we're limited by what we can see with our earthly eyes. But there's so much that's happening in our lives that has everything to do with spirit. And if we don't allow ourselves to stay connected to the word, I mean grounded, that in our daily bread, then we can become distracted and actually move ourselves away from exactly the things that will serve to take us further and further and further, not just in our lives, but within who we are spiritually. And when it comes to elevating and growing in spirit, acquiring that wisdom. So that that's something that I definitely want all of you guys to keep in mind. I'm going to take a quick break here and let some of this digest. But when I come back on, I want to share a personal story with you that has everything to do with what we're talking about today and is going to segue us right into that energy source that I mentioned at the top of the show. So, um, yeah, you're not trying to go anywhere right now because there's so much more to come. I'll be right back after this brief pause. Oh, uh-huh. 
Rocky and Creed And the blessings you receive won't come from true breeze You just need to stay open, yep, Jermaine Copeland But on that same token, these words that I spoke In order to make you fly high and mine stay broken Sink or levitate about the game with David playing Steady tricking David playing it uh, Wanna make you dumb so you never make your kingdom come What they on? Time to stack and build a throne I've been down and out so long I grew some wings with feathers on it Ain't no opponent, just little me on me And that little light gon' shine, put that all on G.O.D.
spit Cause the end is near, y'all's close and near Adrenaline is rising high, citizens in fear The truth isn't for everyone, no matter what you show Just focus on y'all, he's the only way to go So when I was coming up, life for the most part was great, (laughs) it it was, but I had a very challenging relationship with my father. Some really crazy things happened. Uh, I talk about some of it in my book entitled The Ultimate Release, which um, I thank God for that book and for that experience. I had no intention whatsoever on writing a book or becoming an author or that was never on my radar but that book is the reason why I'm a serial entrepreneur to this day that experience and what that book ended up representing but anyway we'll talk about that another time if you want to check out the ultimate release very proud of it it's something that's that's done some um it's meant a lot to the people who have had the opportunity to check out the book and the discussions that I've had. You can do that by uh, going to thegrinddefined.com, clicking on Terrell and Michelle. It's right there on my website. But anyway, very challenging relationship growing up. And um, it was one of those types of things where I never wanted to be one of those people, women who grew up with daddy issues. I was just like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's like not that serious. And so for, there was a point in time in my life for some time where I couldn't stomach the sight of him, much less have a conversation with him. Because just the man that I knew him to be when I was coming up was just straight repulsive to me. I started my life out kind of young. And so there's knowing dad as dad and then starting to have experiences with men and then dad becoming like that dude. Or I'm gonna say it like before, I had grown (laughs) into the woman that I am today, dad being that nigga, because that's how I used to refer to men who had wronged me or, you know what I'm saying? It just, you all know about the negative ways in which we would refer to folks. Anyway, once I started to be involved with men, then he took on a completely and totally different look for me. It wasn't just this person in the space of being a parent and being a husband to my mother. Now I saw him as a specific type of man that I personally hated. And so I carried that perspective of him with me for many years. And then I got to a point where I said, you know what? I'm gonna let that go because it is what it is. And I heard that forgiveness was all about getting to a space where you were able to release the negative emotions associated with people and events, the things that held you captive. So forgiveness to me was getting to a space where 
if by chance I revisited the event or encountered the person, I was no longer being held captive by the negative emotions associated with things having to do with that person. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's get to a space where I'm free of that. And I, honestly, I didn't have the mindset when I thought about forgiveness of letting go of those things so that I could have this relationship with him. I had no desire to have a relationship with him. The only objective for me was getting to a point where I could be around him and he didn't piss me off. Now, I still wasn't trying to like have conversations with him and stuff like, you know, and that, that probably sounds weird, but my mother, that's like a every day, all the time, 24 seven, that's my boo. You know, me and my mom, we are just talking and doing things together all the time. I There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. And if I don't talk to her, it's just because I couldn't fit it into that day. But she's always on my mind. And if she's not on my mind, she's in my ear. That's the way it goes. Or I'm in her presence or vice versa, however that thing goes. So with him, it wasn't that type of situation. I would never think of him at all. So this this wasn't with the goal of having this wonderful relationship. I didn't care nothing about that. It was what it was. I just needed to be able to claim control of my energy with that situation. And so I actually accomplished that. I accomplished getting to a space where I could be around him and the sight of him didn't piss me off or nauseate me or make me think about something from before. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, you know, and it, I don't want to oversimplify and make it seem like this is something that just happened immediately. No, it was gradual. It, it took some time. There were still some things where I would be triggered because he's real, um, he's real unsavory about the mouth at times. And so, uh, yeah, it was a work in progress, but I got to a space where I could say, Hey, Okay, I got this. I got this licked. But let me tell you something about forgiveness. It's a very, it's like an onion. There are lots of layers to forgiveness. And I would soon learn this. So fast forward to me getting deeper into my spiritual journey, me starting to um, see things differently, understand the word more, be able to acquire the discipline to increase my space with God, increase my intentionality with that and increase the way I'm able to um, incorporate what it is that I'm learning and what I'm doing into my practice, into different things that I'm doing with my clients. So I'm in this space and I started to, my prayers changed because I prayed for uh, more wisdom. I prayed for an ability to be able to see things the way that God would have me see them, not the way that me as a fleshly being would see them first. So these these are like the way my situation was going in my mind during my prayer time. And so when I prayed for this this wisdom and I pray over and over again, and I still do, I still do. It was one of those types of things where I said, man, you know, I wonder if <laughs> this is going to show up anytime soon because I would like to have access to it right now. So anyway, moving forward to this, this event. So what happened was um, my dad ended up going through some things physically, several surgeries, yada, yada, yada. He ended up having to have his second stint in this rehab center. Now, the first time that he was there, it was for uh, a, a minute. He was there for a, a couple months. I remember my mother mentioning it to me and she would talk about her going there all the time. And, and that was that. It never occurred to me. It never even crossed my mind that I should go and visit him or anything like that. And again, keep in mind, 
it's because we don't have my father and I, because we don't have that type of uh, bond, that type of relationship that I do with my mom. I legit just do not think about him at all. Rarely. If I do, it's because I'm having a conversation with my mom and she may mention him or something that she's doing. But as far as me just going about my day and thinking about him, negative, that doesn't happen. So the first time he was there, um, I didn't, by the time I realized that, oh, you know, no, my mother actually mentioned to me about going up there. He was already home. And so that, that was what it was. So then the second time around, he was there. Um, and she said again, well, you know, um, he's probably going to be there for a while and you should go up there and see him. And I said, yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that happen. And I just kind of left it at that. And so there was one day in particular, I got up, uh, uh, typically if I'm not working out before I start my day, then I'm, you know, going to do my little latte or whatever run by the grocery store before I come back to the office and get some work done but this was one of those days so I go out to my car in the morning and no sooner than I sat in the seat something it was God sat in my chest and he said go see your father and I said all right you know because that's how I am with God these days back in the day I'd be like well you know I'm gonna go do this and that first and I was like "Mm -mm." no he said it's let me go on here and do it so I went ahead grabbed my latte ran on up to the uh, rehab center my mother had texted me the information for where he was in a rehab center weeks prior so I went and dug up that text so I could find out where he was what room he was in and so I go to the rehab center and so when I walked through the door and I saw him sitting there um, I, I said hey and he said hey and so it, it took a minute before he realized that it was me he's so used to people coming in and out of the room at least this is what he told me he didn't realize for a moment that it was me so I was kind of surprised because when he realized it was me there was just this excitement I mean he literally like lit up it was like this 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 joy that had come over him that was actually kind of uh, it was unexpected and kind of awkward I guess and so anyway I went ahead and I sat down and so I'm used to my dad you know he has anybody who knows my dad knows that he all tall tales all types of stories and I've heard all of them a million times before so I conversation wasn't going to be any different but anyway I sat down in the chair and um I was like yeah you know so how you doing and he said yeah you know I I didn't notice that was you I, I, I'm so glad that you came by and I'm like mm, okay and so he goes ahead and um I looked up at the tv because where I was sitting the tv on the, mo- the wall was up over me so I looked up at the tv he was watching Star Trek because he's a Trekkie and then I happened to look back down at him and I don't he was telling some story I don't know because I, I really um I didn't catch the beginning of it. I guess I really wasn't engaged at first, but it was something about that moment where when I looked down from the TV and started to look at him while he was talking, I saw him for the very first time. Now, I don't know if me saying that makes much sense, um, but before within our relationship, the only way that I could see him was through a lens filled with disappointment, hurt, pain, hopelessness, insecurity, because there were a lot of different things about me, um, things that I I struggled through for a while that I come to learn were written on my soul because of him. Different things that in the way in which he communicated with me and how he interacted with me, these things he wrote on me and they stayed with me and I get to be an adult and I'm reacting in different situations. The way in which I would um, um, take on or process 
information from men, relationships with men and things like that. And I didn't realize uh, a lot of the anger, a lot of the, the way in which I reacted in situations was based on a lot of insecurities and issues that came from different seeds that he planted. So that was the only lens. And if you think about a lens, imagine if you got one that's nice and smooth and clean and beautiful. When you look through that, what you see through that lens is reality. But what if you have a lens that has cracks in it, right? And you take and try to look, some of y'all who didn't crack the lens on your phone, okay? And then you go try to take a picture with that, what you see, exactly right so <laughs> so imagine if the lens for your life that you're looking through is one that's cracked everything that you see on the other side of that is going to be distorted i mean that is the reality as that broken lens is presenting it to you but that reality is one that has been altered because if that lens was not fractured what you're seeing on the other side would look completely and totally different and so when i looked at him this time my lens was nice and clear no cracks no smudges and the lens that i was looking through was a lens of an anointing that i had opened myself up to just with my work in god see when i took that step for forgiveness back in the day the first layer of the onion if you will when i took that step back in the day I didn't realize that what I was doing was just scratching the surface of a layer. I was dealing with just a piece of what I needed to, to be completely and totally free. I did the best that I knew how to do at that point in time, and it did serve a purpose, but I didn't realize until life went on that me doing the best that I could do at that point in time, although freeing me to a specific point, I still had limitations that were imposed upon my ability to be completely free because I still needed to grow some more to know how to really and truly dive into that in a way that was going to be fruitful and freeing for me, fruitful and freeing once and for all. Now, I can say fruitful and freeing once and for all from where I sit today, because <laughs> we're evolutionary creatures. You know, we always have more growing to do, more understanding to acquire, um, ways in which we'll need to sharpen our skills, uh, new things that we will add to our spiritual mindset and tool chest that we will be able to apply to things as they come. So from where I'm sitting right now telling you this story, <laughs> I believe that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But anyway, getting back to it. So I'm sitting there and I looked at him and I saw him. And when I saw him, he was in the middle of talking and for a minute, I kind of connected to what he was talking about. And he was talking about something about um, him having some type of superior knowledge of some alien life form and somebody sending him an invitation to be a part of an experiment or something. And how he was telling people uh, that, yeah, this is something that happens and they didn't believe him. And then somebody else got the letter. Listen, OK, this is this is what's happening while I'm having this moment it's it's crazy y'all but anyway so I'm sitting there and when I actually saw him I can't this emotion just came from the tips of my toenails and started to radiate up slowly it was like this gradual movement if you could put color to it imagine your favorite color and it being an ombre and let it start from the lightest shade and as that energy started to radiate from my toes the lightest shade 
of I'm going to choose blue, the lightest shade of blue. Then as it started to radiate up my body and maybe get to about my knees, that color got a little darker. Then maybe get to about my thighs and that color got a little darker. Then maybe get to about my chest and that color got a little darker. And so this energy is just radiating up my body. And all of a sudden I got the mask on. The mask is coming like right up under my eyes. And then I just felt like these tears running from my eyes. And I'm sitting here now while this is all happening, I'm feeling this energy these tears are running and I'm sitting up here like Heffel what the hell are you doing he's sitting up here talking about being a part of some freaking alien experiment that they called and put him on the list for you sitting up here feeling some type of way and crying and so I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on with me and just when I started to do what I do which is judge myself and judge the moment what are you doing why are you acting like this what's going on with you this this and that it was like God's presence sat in my chest and he said just be just allow yourself to be just breathe you know and so I had that moment where he just continued to talk and he's telling the story and I'm just sitting here and I'm like okay so I'm breathing I'm having a conversation in my mind with God I'm trying to process everything that's going on in my body I wanted to get up because then no sooner than I got calm the enemy comes back And now I start to think to myself, what if he sees? What if he sees that there are tears coming down my eyes behind this mask? Now, mind you, the mask is going up under my chin. Oh, it's all wet up under there because the water was just coming and it's pooling in the bottom of the mask. So now I'm thinking to myself, what if he sees me doing this? And so I thought to myself, well, maybe you should tell him you'll be back because you got to go to the bathroom. Maybe you should get up. And so then I was thinking all of this But when I tell you it was like it was some Gorilla Glue and my butt was stuck in that chair, my butt was stuck in that chair and I could not move. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. And so I had to sit there and I had to just breathe and I had to get to a space where I quieted my mind and I became present. And when I became present, I could really hear everything that he was saying. And it wasn't about me hearing what he was saying. It was about me allowing myself to experience this moment. God wanted for me, y'all wanted for me to experience this moment. And so after the moment passed, this all took place in probably about mm, upwards of 10 minutes, maybe, which when you in an emotional state that I was in, it it felt like a lifetime. It, It really did. And it's crazy because even though I was having this physiological reaction, to being able to see him. I didn't even tell you what I saw. What I saw was someone who acknowledged, felt, he felt, I think some of what I had been feeling. And there was a space in which he took onus and responsibility for that. The story that he was telling, you would think, what the freaking heck does that freaking alien experience have to do with taking responsibility? Well, you have to understand that because of the dynamic of our relationship, my father's never sat down and really had a conversation with me about anything. Anytime we talked, it was always him planting seeds of doubt and limiting my beliefs in myself. It was always him beating me down and making me feel as though I wasn't capable of anything. You know, that that's always the way our conversations were. So for me to just have a regular conversation with him about even if it's something 
crazy, like freaking alien experiment. Those types of things didn't happen. Actually, we didn't have conversations. It was always yelling matches and arguments and things like that that would typically lead to violent situations. And so I think that me being there, he felt like he was going to take the opportunity to try to engage with me in some kind of way to try and get me to stay. Not because I owed him, but I think that, um, and I don't even know that he feels like he owed me, but the energy that I got from the situation was he just wanted for all of that to be in the past and this was the best that he knew how to do. And so for some reason, once I was present, I could see that that's what he wanted, but at the same time, I could see how broken and lonely and hurt and regretful this person was. What must it be like to get to a space where your life is rounding out? You're on the decline. You're preparing for the time when you're not going to be here. That's what happens if you grow to be old. And to have all of that sitting in your chest, all of that regret, all of that loneliness, all of the to have what you put out to others times a million, not to mention the self-judgment, because listen, y'all, you know how we can be when it comes to self-judgment. And so me being able to see him for the first time, it was something about that experience of, uh, that helped to free me. So to the discussion that we're having today, that untapped energy source, I know y'all hate to hear it but it really is forgiveness. Now, with that being said, in me experiencing that space, being obedient, first of all, to showing up, all of the time that I have been dealing with my father up until that experience happened, I was going through the motions. Like when Saul was sent out to gather those asses that got lost. He was going based on a directive that his father gave him, but who want to be in the sweltering heat going through four or five different towns to look for some freaking animals? He didn't know that when he was obedient and followed that annoying, what must have seemed like truly irrelevant task, because at some point, remember, he, he told the servant, well, maybe we should just go back because I'm pretty sure my father's going to see more value in us returning safely over these animals, right? But because he continued on, and kept himself connected to what the mission was, he ended up being blessed by Samuel and elevated in his life. With me, I had been praying for wisdom. I had been praying for a depth of understanding that I felt like I didn't have and that I wanted to acquire. That situation showed me that in order for me to get what I was praying for, there was still something else that had to be removed. And I had stayed the course in doing the work to get to the first layer of that onion, which was being able to be around my dad, not being completely and totally pissed off and repulsed. But that's not what God wanted. God wanted for me, y'all wanted for me to go deeper than that. He wanted for me to experience what it's like to look past somebody's faults and see their needs, because that's what he sent his son to do for all of us. That's what this journey in life is all about because I could never see the soul in that man that's what kept me with all of these different layers of captivity that I could classify as whatever you know there's many different negative words to use to classify it that's because all I saw was the physical man and what that uh, person's experiences the way in which he related to me impacted me 
behind that was a broken soul. And that's no excuse, but that is a reason. And the reasons do matter. God wanted me to be able to see that, first of all, as a servant professionally, which is what I do, charity begins at home. How can I spend my career doing everything that I can to be to a whole bunch of strangers, a beacon and light, a beacon of light, but I can't do that with the people closest around me or I'm not as connected with the continuous work, grunge work, be it, grunge work to get deeper and to do this with the people closest to me. I learned that day that in order for me to be the very best servant that I can be, the people closest to me who are flawed around me serve as case studies and practice. Because if you can learn how to manage the people around you that you have emotion and history tied up into, if you can learn to manage those relationships around you and do them in a healthy way, then you dealing with people who are nothing to you. You have acquired some amazing tools to be able to do that on a level that um, you probably wouldn't have imagined or could even dream of. So why is that? Why is this important? Forgiveness as an energy source that you can tap into and it'll propel you for the rest of your life. The reason why this is important to me is because um, just going through different things online, social media, all of the different posts and things that you see, um, it shows that because we've become so so individualized, so much so about self, that people have hardened. You know, 600 pound life, Justin Whitehead, let me tell you something, that boy, (laughs) man, I can't lie. It was hilarious initially when I happened across one of those videos with him giving commentary on the 600 pound life uh, show that comes on, I think it's uh, I think it's TLC or something like that. But to see him give commentary, Justin Whitehead, it was not only funny what he was saying, but the fact is that a lot of us think about that situation exactly the same way that Justin Whitehead describes when he's doing my 600 pound life. Well, he stopped doing it now and praise God for that. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that he has. But at the end of the day, we can have our opinions about people in those situations, but we're just seeing the 600 plus pound body. What has to be going on with the soul to be in that space in their life, you know, to bring about those health issues, to have themselves being held captive in their own body. And if you hear me saying that and you say, well, you know, they shouldn't have this and that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you can look, we can look at other souls and we're not able to look past their faults in this flesh and see their needs as souls, then How can any one of us say that we truly believe in God, that we truly believe in Yah? How can we say that? You know, and so those are all self-check moments because if we're truly believers and if we're showing up in this world, in our anointing, and each and every one of us were meant to be of service to others, then the foundation of that begins with how we choose to not only see but communicate what we see about others that's an extremely huge part and why because words are spirit when we put toxicity into the world all we're doing is that same toxicity we're putting out into the world 
Our body is festering it. You put out what you have inside. It's a choice to see somebody um, in a state of peril, like someone who's 600, 700, however many pounds. It's a choice to see that and look at what's distasteful about it, just like it's a choice to see that and look at, wow, what must be going on inside that person that makes that something? Initially, come on now, I'm not perfect. Initially, when you see that, you thinking exactly what Justin Whitehead was saying. A lot of us, I know I was. And this was long before I even knew about Justin Whitehead with his 600 pound life commentary that he would do online. I would think some of those judgmental things. But that day when I sat in that space with my father, God wanted me to see that at the end of the day, he is flawed and imperfect and he has needs. Now, it's not necessarily up to me to be responsible for those needs, but in understanding more about the soul and not just stopping at what the fleshly being did, then now it has created a space within me that is clear, truly, every layer from that. And with that being cleaned out, now that's open space for God to pour into me, for Yah to pour into me the things that he wants me to have so that I continue, so that I can continue, excuse me, to do his work while I'm here in this world. So I'm going to close out in just a second, but I want to leave you with, what is it that you're going to do? The question, what is it that you're going to do to dig deeper into those uncomfortable layers so that you can truly be free. And if you're listening and you say, I don't feel like I need to be free. Well, that could be true. But if you're someone who finds it funny when you see situations um, like someone who is 600 something pounds, if, if you see a situation like that, um, if it's funny to you, another person's suffrage, then there's a reason for that. And for those listening who would say, well, you know, that's just laughing and fun shade and all this kind of stuff. The Bible actually talks about these types of comments and this, this way of being. And let me share this with you. Ephesians 4:29. let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Titus, 3.2, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect uh, courtesy towards all people. There are several of them here. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. There are so many different scriptures that talk about how God looks down, Yah looks down, upon us who use our mouths, even in jest, against our brothers and sisters. And I think that that's something that's so very important because the climate within our temple, our bodies, is one that we have to be intentional and deliberate about regulating. You know, we must be focused on how important it is to spend time in a space of intentionality when it comes to this climate because the enemy is seeking to take as many with him as he can in the end. And we make it easy when we're not alert and vigilant with keeping the climate within ourselves, something that is as clean and as um, as savory as possible. You know, I'm not here to tell anyone listening what to do. 
I can only suggest what would be helpful for you if the objective is to be able to regulate how you react to certain people, how you react to certain things. I see a lot of things going around uh, from the enemy and the goal is to condition us to care more about ourselves as individuals and to have this hardened nature. There's not as much compassion now. Um, you know, you can just see the progression of wickedness in so many different ways all around us. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those types of things where it's amazing to be living in a time where you can see Bible prophecy revelations being, refi- being uh, revealed right before our eyes. And if you're a believer and your goal is that eternal life, then it would behoove you to really have a self-check moment and see what type of attitude are you taking out into the world about your brothers and sisters? You know, are you just seeing them as flawed beings, flawed pieces of flesh? Or are you allowing yourself, creating a climate from within, within your body and within your mind, where you're able to see past that flesh's faults and shortcomings to the soul's needs? I believe that, um, I know for me, that's something for me that is, um, it's challenging. It really is. But it's one of the most rewarding positions uh, that I've taken in my life and uh, ways of thought that I put a lot of work into. I, I put a lot of God time into, and I could always do better. <laughs> I could always do better. But hey, when something feels good and it's working well, it's just instinct to want to share. So that is it for content today. If you haven't already, log on to thegrindtofind.com and click on feed so that you can follow me. Uh, Grind to Find is everywhere. You can also hit me up on any major platform out there. I'm talking iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, Amazon Music, you name it. I can't remember all of them, but just search the Grind to Find podcast and that's how you can stay in the know of what's going on with me. In the meantime, in between time, I pray that you go into this weekend and the coming week knowing that there are bigger plans for you that God has for you. So stay the course and no matter what it is that you're doing, but make sure that as you're staying the course, you're taking a climate within your body and within your mind that's going to feed souls, not only the ones outside of you, but your own and keep you plugged into a lens that's clear and showing reality and not something distorted by work that we have yet to do. All right, all right. Until next time, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Terrell and Michelle here, until next time, peace and abundant blessings.